Ye West displays seriously disturbed anti-Semitic behavior on Alex Jones' show and gets banned on Twitter. We discuss the mainstreaming of madness in American society, and LeBron James has some thoughts on the media's coverage of racism. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, with the holidays coming up around the corner, many of us will be traveling to see our families and loved ones. Soon you might find yourself away from home more often than not. Or maybe you're just like me and you need a lot of security. This is why you need Ring. With Ring security products, you can rest easy knowing that your home and family are safe when you're not there. The Ring doorbell notifies you when guests or packages arrive. Ring's indoor cameras let you keep an eye on kids and pets while you're away. Ring alarm will alert you of any motion detection while the house is empty. Plus, if you add smart lighting around your home, you can turn the lights on or off while you're away. Ring's home security products don't just help keep your home and family safe. They make perfect gifts for everybody on your list. I care deeply about the safety and security of my home and of my family, which is one of the reasons I rely on Ring. If I can rely on Ring, so can you. Head on over to ring.com slash collections slash offers. Find out how you can live a little more stress-free this season with a Ring product that's right for you. That's ring.com slash collections slash offers to get started, get all the gear you need to make your home safe and secure. Again, that's ring.com slash collections slash offers to get started. Also, it's the holiday season. This means that if you're a small business owner, you need to ship a lot of product just before the holidays. There's only one choice. You need stamps.com. Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a lot easier. Sign up now. You'll be printing your own postage in minutes. Here at Daily Wire, we've used stamps.com since 2017. We are not interested in wasting our time. Stamps.com is a one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. It's a 24-7 post office you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. For 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. You can get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your businesses right from your computer. You can even save up to 86% on USPS and UPS shipping rates. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and printer. If you need a package picked up, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing, but with Stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every single time. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, enter code Shapiro. That's Stamps.com, code Shapiro. Uh, What we've been watching for the past few weeks is the obvious mental breakdown of one of the most famous people on earth, Kanye West, who now wishes to be known as Ye. What we've been watching here is obviously a manic episode from a person who has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I've been saying this since the very beginning. Several things can be true at once. One, Ye West, Kanye West, he is a Jew hater. Pretty obviously, there is no way to avoid that conclusion. The stuff that he's been ranting and raving over the past several weeks demonstrates that he doesn't just hate specific Jews. He hates the Jews. The Jews are the problem, according to Kanye West. He has been spewing Der Sturmer Nazi-esque anti-Semitism for weeks. And last night on Alex Jones's show, he made that perfectly clear. So that is true. It is also true that Kanye West is a person with bipolar disorder. And this is a person in the middle of a manic episode because there is no other way to explain his behavior. It's not performance art. It's not some sort of rational argument on behalf of, of hatred of Jews. He leaves that to Nick Fuentes. The fact is that that Ye West is in the middle of a mental breakdown and we are watching it on the world's most public stage. It is the most famous person to have a mental breakdown probably since Howard Hughes publicly. And that says something about how our media cover mental breakdowns. It says something about how American society treats madness. We seem to treat really outlying insanity as a form of rationality. And meanwhile, we treat kind of borderline normal behavior as mentally ill. So we tend to overdiagnose, for example, depression, 
anxiety, ADHD, right? Things that are sort of on the borderline of norm- normalcy. We tend to overprescribe for those things. Those things exist. Some people need prescription medication for that, but we tend to overprescribe that. And we wildly underserve people who have serious mental disorders, ranging from bipolar disorder to schizophrenia. And we treat that as though it is normal behavior. And finally, while being mad, while, while being disturbed, does not relieve you of responsibility for your Jew hatred. It does suggest that we ought to take the pronouncements of Ye West with a certain lack of seriousness because this is a person in the middle of an episode. You know, there's no other way to play it. And, and honestly, I can despise what he is saying because what he is saying is evil. And I can also recognize that this is a person, a person who needs treatment, not a camera. This person needs treatment, not a set of lights in his face. And there are a lot of people out there who are making a lot of money off of Ye by putting him in front of a camera. There are a lot of people who are, who are cynically utilizing this person's mental breakdown in order to facilitate their own career. And here I'm thinking specifically of Nick Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos. There are a bunch of people around Ye who could be attempting to get him the treatment he obviously needs. And I'm not here to pathologize people's insane thoughts or evil thoughts. Again, he's sitting across from Nick Fuentes, who routinely engages in evil thoughts. Okay, but Nick Fuentes is not an insane person. Nick Fuentes is not having a mental breakdown. He just thinks evil things. Ye West, after his display over the past week, particularly, whatever you thought of him before, whether you thought that he was just an erratic personality who had decided to spew anti-Semitism, or whether you thought that he was perfectly rational, it is obvious over the course of the past several weeks that this is not the case and has not been the case for a while. Ranging from his tweet storm in which he talked about Chris Paul stooping his wife to his defense of Balenciaga to the actual appearance on Alex Jones. So we'll start this in order. The only reason I'm playing these clips is because it's important for people to recognize because I'm seeing a lot of people who are denying that what we are seeing from Ye here is actual mental illness. It is mental illness. Hey, this is disturbed behavior. Any doctor will tell you that this is disturbed behavior. First of all, I know psychologists who have spoken with Ye. He is, he is obviously disturbed. But you don't have to be a doctor to know this. This is a disturbed human being. And you can see it last night. When you are on a set with Nick Fuentes and Alex Jones, and those are the two rational guys in the room trying to pull you back from the brink, looking embarrassed by you standing for Hitler. At that point, you have to start wondering, is there a problem? I mean, your first indicator that there's a problem is when you stride into Alex Jones's studio. First of all, that, that in and of itself, not great. You stride into Alex Jones's studio wearing what appears to be an oversized baggy jacket and a full face covering black mask. When I say a mask, I don't mean like just face. It covers his entire head. He looks like he's about to go rob a bank, except you can't even see his eyes. Yeah, Wes. I mean, he's, he's literally there with what looks like a black sock over his head. Apparently, it's a Balenciaga sock over his head, as we'll discuss in a moment. He actually defended Balenciaga yesterday. So for all those people, on the right who are saying, well, you know, yay, is, he's a good Christian who's just defending her on it. First of all, if this is your Christian lineup, right? If this is the best Western Christendom has to offer, is yay last night, Alex Jones and Nick Fuentes? Western Christendom is in serious, serious trouble. But this guy yesterday was defending the company that put out pedophilic ads. So there are a lot of problems. So he walks in and he sits down looking like this. For folks, again, who cannot see, he is sitting on the, on the far left-hand side of the screen, and he is wearing a very oversized baggy jacket, and he is wearing a full-on black sock over his head. You cannot see his eyes. You cannot see his face. You cannot see anything about him except what looks like an, it's like an eraser head. And then you've got Alex Jones in the middle, and then you have 
Nick Fuentes on the end wearing some sort of blue hoodie sweatshirt. Okay, so here is um, Alex, here's Alex Jones with Ye West yesterday. Well, that's right. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I I see I I see good things about Hitler. Also, the Jew. I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're you know what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Especially Hitler. Okay, now, coming out of a person who was, um, who was not wearing a face-covering mask, and uh, who was not about to launch, in, sitting next to a, a copy of the Holy Bible, by the way. He's speaking just as Jesus would here. Yeah, he was. In, in the, coming from a, a just normal anti-Semite, and there are some other people on the screen you could choose from, you would say that this is just pure rote anti-Semitism. But as I say, I don't think this is just pure rote, disgusting, craven anti-Semitism. It is, but I don't think that's the limit of it. As you can see, Alex Jones gets more and more uncomfortable here. And, and there is a certain perverse hilarity to the fact that Alex Jones is the moderate on the panel, that Alex Jones is suddenly Larry King here. But uh, here's Alex Jones, again, trying to walk Ye West back from the Hitler support, the open Hitler support, and Ye just jumping into both feet. I, I like Hitler. I, I don't like Hitler. And I know you're trying to be shocking with that. I'm not trying to be shocking. I like Hitler. I do not. I The, the Holocaust is not what happened. Let's look at the facts of that. And Hitler has a lot of redeeming qualities. But Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Except that he's mad. Except there's a person in the middle of a mental break. And I say that again advisedly because I'm not here to pathologize people's evil. In fact, I prefer for people to take responsibility for their evil. This person is in the middle of a mental breakdown. And it's not just from that clip or from his garb. It is from this clip. I mean, where he actively starts, he took out the prime minister of Israel is a person named Benjamin Netanyahu. Okay, Bibi Netanyahu, as, as he's called, his yay brought to the studio a small met and a bottle of yuhu. I'm not, not kidding you, like the chocolate milk, yuhu. And he started trotting them around the table while doing the supposed voice of Benjamin Netanyahu, who he accused of attempting to kill him. This is mad behavior. This is mentally disturbed behavior. This is not something, if you saw a person on the street doing this, you would understand this is a mentally disturbed person. If you saw this in the halls of a mental hospital, you would understand this is a mentally disturbed person. You put him on TV and suddenly we're supposed to treat it like celebrity behavior. We're supposed to treat every behavior by a celebrity as celebrity behavior up until the point when they actually do something terrible to themselves. I mean, honestly, that's my great fear here for Gay West is that if he is in the middle of a manic episode, the depression on the other side of the mania very often is coincident with the level of the mania. So if the mania is really high, the depression is really low. So, I mean, I, I would not be surprised, God forbid, something should happen, that, that Ye should do something to himself, given, given his behavior. I mean, I, again, my grandfather was schizophrenic. I know what serious mental illness looks like. This is serious mental illness, and we are watching it. And people are treating it for a variety of reasons as though it is not mentally ill behavior. 
You have some people on the left treating it as though it's not mentally ill behavior so that they can link Ye West's despicable views on Jews with Donald Trump and then Donald Trump by proxy to the entire Republican Party. You have some people in the media who are treating it not that way because they wish to make money off the ratings. I feel bad even talking about this a little bit at this point, given the fact that, that this is a disturbed individual. But again, I keep saying he's a disturbed individual because I want people to understand, number one, that the words he is saying make no sense. And that's not an insult. They don't make any sense. They are nonsensical. And I also would love for people to understand who are defending Ye West, that when you defend a person who's in the middle of a mental episode, you are not doing them any good. You are not adding value to the world. You're doing something quite cruel. And here's, here's Ye West going, going mad on air. I mean, there's no other way to put this. The ADL had a meeting last two weeks ago and said, Alex Jones is an agent of evil. He should be taken off the air. He's the devil because he doesn't want you to take four shots. And I'm like, what are you doing calling me anti-Semitic? I'm not against groups. I don't get into group politics. Adam, I've got the perfect answer for the ADL. They are going to have to listen up. What we did is we brought Netanyahu with us. Netanyahu, what do you have to say? What do you have to say to Alex Jones right now, Nick Fuentes and Ye? It was bad. It was bad for Trump to meet with Nick and Ye. Okay. I had no idea your voice is going to sound like that, Netanyahu. This is wild. I mean, it's, this is, even Alex Jones on the air was calling this crazy. And he was like, who are you calling crazy? And Alex Jones was like, the whole world is crazy. The whole world's crazy. But what he really means is you are crazy. When Alex Jones is calling you crazy, obviously there is a problem. I mean, even Alex Jones, throughout the interview, again, the, the rich irony of this is that Alex Jones has finally been embarrassed by another human being. He is an embarrassing human being all on his own. And he was embarrassed by another human being here being, being yay. And you can actually see it on camera. Here's a little bit of that. So you don't like Benjamin Netanyahu? <laughs> I just, I, I just heard about this guy two weeks ago since like the tweet, and I thought he had a funny name. I heard he's like really into like he's like a super killer. And I could die for saying this. So, in case this is the last time you ever hear from me, I'm glad you guys are here, and, and we can we can we can sit here and upset. All I'm telling you is, do you guys realize that the British government created Hitler? And the Milner Group put him in power, and there's something much more sophisticated. And I personally uh, think that most Jews are great people, and I and I understand there's a Jewish mafia, and, and they're they're used to demonize anybody that promotes freedom. But I don't blame Jews in general. <laughs> Alex Jones trying to uh, trying to walk back Jew hatred. There, uh, I know the Jews man, and then the British created Hitler, but um, most Jews are, are. I mean, like Alex Jones trying to play the moderate man. Okay, so. Again, Ye West is in the, I keep saying it over and over because I think that there are too many people out there who are pretending that it is not the case for a variety of reasons. Yesterday, Ye West tweeted out before being banned from Twitter, which we'll discuss in a moment, quote, I stand by Balenciaga and denounce all witch hunts and I cancel, cancel culture. Jesus is king. Ending trafficking doesn't start or end with a fashion campaign for Christ's sake. And then he tweeted again, featuring a picture of himself. Never turn our backs. Demna and the Balenciaga family for life. Cancel, 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 cancel culture. Jesus, please heal. So this person who is apparently standing against the anti-Christians out there is tweeting in favor of Balenciaga, which, as we discussed earlier this week, put out a full ad campaign with children carrying bears wearing bondage gear. Does this seem like calibrated behavior to you? Is this calibrated behavior? I, I, I think not. 
This does raise some rather large-scale questions about the treatment of actual disturbed behavior in American society. There's been a, a long-time problem in American society with being able to label normal behavior and abnormal behavior. What you're seeing here is obviously abnormal, disturbed behavior. But American society, we've been, I think this is symptomatic of something greater. The fact that people have a tough time with this one, with, the, with labeling it, with, with actually recognizing what this is, is a symptom of a culture that, as I said earlier, really goes far too light on serious mental illness in terms of attempting to treat it and find it and do something about it and goes way too heavy on milder forms of depression, anxiety, and things that are actually treatable but are not medicated, don't always need medication. And we, we both undertreat mental illness and we overtreat mental illness. We both overlabel and we underlabel. Some of this goes back all the way to the 1960s. There is a, a famous psychologist named Thomas Zaz who wrote a book back in the 1960s called The Myth of Mental Illness, in which he basically suggested that mental illness was itself a myth. And it was all a form of sort of neurodiversity. And when you saw someone with schizophrenia, it wasn't somebody who had a serious condition who needed help. That was just another form of, of people acting in the world. And here's what Thomas Zaz talked about in terms of mental illness. And this is sort of a seminal point in how we treat mental illness in this country and how we see mental illness in this country. And this has some pretty widespread ramifications because isn't this, now this is not just about yay. There are two major issues on the table. One is the anti-Semitism and the growing anti-Semitism in American society that unfortunately has been spreading on nearly all sides. Because they're, forget about Ye being mad, there are literally millions of people who agree with Ye and look at what he said and think, hmm, maybe there's something there. That's a problem we have to discuss. But then there's a second problem. And that is that we are a society that is gradually growing more and more disturbed. We're seeing more and more disturbed behavior from vast majorities of people suggesting that they are members of a sex that is not their own to people who are, are, who are delusionally violent to the streets being taken over in places like Los Angeles by people who actually have drug abuse or mental illness problems. We're a society that has, because we are so radically individually autonomous, we have basically decided that all forms of behavior are not mentally disturbed behavior. There's no such thing as mentally disturbed behavior. That's a serious problem. That is not a society that takes normality or decency seriously. And it's something we have to discuss on, on a broader level. Here, going back to the 1960s, is Thomas Oz talking about his view of, of the mental illness industry, essentially. I look upon the mental health profession today as a gigantic apparatus of molestation. Molestation? That's a loaded word. Yeah. How do you mean it? Intrusive. Mm-hmm. Intrusive. The average person doesn't know how to resist. Mm-hmm mental health help. Look how much of it is directed to the three helpless groups, children, old people, prisoners. Prisoners are full of psychiatric drugs now. Hmm. Right? They go to jail for drugs. They go to jail for drugs and then they get, they get go to jail for the drugs they like to take. And then they are, when they're in jail, they are forced to take the drugs they don't want to take. Mm-hmm. That in some ways characterizes the American drug scene today. The drugs people want to take are illegal, and the drugs they don't want to take, psychiatry forces on them. Mm-hmm. And the mental health profession does not complain about this. On the contrary, it supports this. So the idea from Zaz, and this has been taken up, again, this is a seminal work in sort of the history of American psychology and psychiatry, is that mental health care is mostly trying to control other people. It's mostly molestation, that when you see people who are disturbed and you try to actually change their behavior, this is a form of you invading their autonomy. 
Well, that's not true. When you watch somebody who is seriously disturbed, and we, again, we are watching this happen in real time with one of the biggest celebrities on the planet. When you watch that stuff happen, you're not doing any, anything sympathetic by pretending that this is just another aspect of autonomy. And we're seeing this society-wide. Behavior that is clearly not mentally well is being treated as mentally well. You see it in our celebrity culture all the time. Celebrities who melt down and we pretend that their behavior is totally fine and totally normal up until they attempt to commit suicide. And then we say, oh God, what happened to this person? And the answer is, well, all the signs were there. And then we have a society that also suggests that individual autonomy is so strong that when you see somebody displaying really, really disturbed behavior as a teenager, it doesn't get reported. Or if it does get reported, it gets ignored by law enforcement. And then people go and they shoot up a Walmart. If you want to treat mental health seriously, this is a completely bipartisan issue. If you want to treat mental health seriously, you must treat mental health seriously. Because you've seen the, the costs of this on a societal level. You've seen it in terms of, of rising homelessness, violence in places like New York and LA. There's a reason why Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York, has now suggested you might need involuntary commitment of the mentally ill who are not threatening to others, but are threatening to themselves. And, and you've seen it in terms of the, the broad societal acceptance of ideas that are simply false. Mainstreaming mental illness is not a good thing. And pretending that it doesn't exist is not a good thing. And again, there are two sides to every coin. At the same time, over-pathologizing what is in the realm of normal behavior is bad as well. But we have to recognize both of those things are happening right now in the United States. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you know, your home theoretically could get damaged. This is one of the reasons you need home insurance. Also, by law, you probably need home insurance. So why don't you get home insurance the best, easiest way possible? Competitively shop it online with Policy Genius. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage without paying a cent more than you have to. Policy Genius was built to modernize the insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Whether your current insurance is up for renewal or you need coverage for a new home or ride, Policy Genius will show you price estimates for policies that fit your search. If you like what they find, they'll get you switched over for free. Policy Genius customers saved an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. Policy Genius has a team of licensed agents who are not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. No added fees, your personal information is kept private. No wonder Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy protection for your property, so head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro Home, or click the link in the description to get your free home and auto insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro Home. Again, policygenius.com slash Shapiro Home to start protecting your home the way you should today. Also, it's tough to run a business. We got a lot of employees here at Daily Wire, and we're constantly looking to add more employees. Well, this is why we rely on ZipRecruiter. You should as well. ZipRecruiter makes hiring during the holiday season a lot easier. You can try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review these recommended candidates and send a personal invite to your top choices so they're more likely to apply. ZipRecruiter also has an easy-to-use dashboard with a complete suite of tools that let you filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Discover the joy of hiring with ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter will get that quality candidate. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. We rely on ZipRecruiter day in and day out and expanding our business. You should do the same. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire to get started. Okay, so meanwhile, Ye has been suspended from Twitter. He has been suspended from Twitter after this 
tweet storm last night that concluded with him tweeting out an image of the Jewish star, the Magen David, with a swastika inside, which is the most typical example of anti-Semitism. The anti-Semites, people who hate Jews, they, they have this very bizarre view of the Nazis, that, that the Jews are the new Nazis, but also that the Nazis were good. The most extreme version of, of the anti-Semitic story. You see this a lot in the, in the radical Muslim world. As you'll see, Zionism is Nazism, but also Hitler wasn't bad. So the, it's weird to have it both ways that way, that Hitler was doing the right thing, but also the Jews are the new Hitler. But this is precisely what is argued by the world's worst anti-Semites. This is exactly what Ye was tweeting out amidst all the Holocaust denial last night. He ended up being banned from Twitter. Asked on Twitter by a user to fix Kanye, please. Elon Musk replied, I tried my best. Despite that, he again violated our rule against incitement to violence account will be suspended. West's account then began displaying a message saying it was suspended with no tweets visible. Musk, who owns Twitter, has described himself as a free speech absolutist. He has said that Twitter generally should only intervene to comply with local laws. West's account had been restored before, right, including after that tweet that said that he planned to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Well, at, at a certain point here, he was asked, was, uh, was Musk, about why he had, why he had banned, yeah, he said it was incitement. And then somebody said, well, what about free speech? And he wrote FAFO, right? F around and find out, essentially. Now, is what Ye is doing tantamount to incitement? I don't think so, because I have a very strict legal standard for incitement. So do I think that Ye actually should be banned from Twitter? I think the answer is no. I don't think that Ye should be banned from Twitter. In fact, I think the more that Ye has exposed his own behavior, the less seriously people are likely to take his views. Because when you sit there doing weird Elmo voices, carrying a net and a bottle of yoo people tend to take you less seriously. When you show up on Tim Pool with Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes, and Tim Pool simply asks you why you are slandering all Jews, as opposed to just naming the Hollywood agents that you don't like, and you get up and you walk out, sunlight is a pretty good disinfectant here. Do I think that Ye is responsible for for actually inciting violence against people? No. Do I think he's raising the temperature radically? Absolutely. And I speak as somebody who's personally targeted by name, by Ye, in all of these interviews, right? There's a reason I have 24-7 security. Do I think that, that Ye is responsible for incitement to the extent that would be necessary to ban him from a platform like Twitter? I do not. I understand why Musk did it. Do I think that, that Musk should have done it? I, I actually don't think that Musk should have done it. So all of these things can be true at once, as always. The, the yay should not be banned from Twitter. Yay definitely needs treatment. People who are treating him seriously for their own purposes are sick, deviants. The people around him who are, who are using a, a person who's in the middle of a breakdown for their own purposes are perverse and cynical. Members of the media who are trying to use a madman's comments to tie him to an entire side of the political spectrum are well past their skis at this point. And also, the rising problem of Jew hatred in American society is very, very real. And it exists, unfortunately, on all sides. As I've talked about before ex extensively on the program. When you're talking about Jew hatred in American society, you're talking about multiple forces that are converging on a single point. So you have white supremacists who believe that Jews are undermining Christendom and that Jews are, are, are the problem in American society. That'd be the, the Nick Fuentes category of, of Jew-hating anti-Semites. And then you have left-wing anti-Semites who suggest that Jews are essentially a conspiracy of power who are manipulating world forces in their own favor, right? The Jews are all the best capitalists. The Jews are in control of industry. The Jews are, are very powerful because in the Middle East, Israel has extensive military power. And so that's essentially just a conspiracy theory about Jews. It's sort of protocols of the elders of Zion style anti-Semitism. Jews in the back rooms controlling all of the levers of power. 
And that crosses streams sometimes with the white supremacist sort of a horseshoe theory here. But you see, that sort of conspiratorial Jews have the power anti-Semitism from the Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar wing of the Democratic Party. And then you also have some just old school racial anti-Semitism. The Jews as a race are perverse. The Jews as a race are, are somehow of tainted blood. And you see that mostly from the white supremacist side of the aisle. You also see this somewhat in the radical Muslim world when they call Jews the sons of pigs and monkeys and, and all of the rest. The question is to why this is rising right now, because it clearly is rising. I mean, the, the number of, of Jews who, are, who have been attacked in the United States is on the up, uptick. By the way, none of this means that Jews have a quote unquote bad in America. Jews do not have a bad in America. Jews are extraordinarily fortunate in America. If you look at Jewish history, America is the greatest country in world history for the Jews. America is an ex exceptionally free place. Jews have been extraordinarily successful in the United States. Jews right now are generally safe in the United States unless you're walking around wearing a yarmulke on the streets of Williamsburg or New Jersey, places in New Jersey. However, the question is not sort of how bad are things on an absolute level for Jews. The question is why the tide is rising in terms of anti-Semitism. And the answer typically is that a confident society, a society that believes in its own moral status, a society that doesn't feel threatened by minority groups that are successful within it, doesn't feel the need to target the Jews. When everything is coming apart at the seams, when madness is roaming free, and we talked about individual madness before in the context of Yeh, but when we talk about societal madness, societal madness is a fragmented social psychology in which we can't agree on basic values at all. We don't share the same set of fact patterns. We don't share the same news. We don't share the same basic ideas of what reality constitutes. We don't share the same moral system. When that happens, as society tends to tear apart, as the social fabric is strained, and as those threads start to, start to stretch, anti-Semitism starts seeping through. Because anti-Semitism, in the end, is a giant conspiracy theory about power in the world and blaming it on a minority. And the minority typically is the Jews, for whatever reason. If you're a person of the Bible, you believe it's because this was said in the Bible. If you're not a person of the Bible, it would be because Jews are very successful minorities. And you see this with other successful middlemen, what they call middlemen minorities. For example, ethnic Chinese in certain countries in East Asia. But in the West, it's typically been the Jews. And so when society starts to fragment, when society starts to come apart, when it doesn't have the confidence in itself that it used to have, when it doesn't have anything that's shared, typically all the guns turn on the Jews. And that's what we're starting to see on all sides. Anti-Semitism has also become a bit of a political football here, meaning that what you will see is people condemning on the right anti-Semitism on the left. They're very happy to condemn Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. But when it's coming from Nick Fuentes or when it is coming from Ye West or when it is coming from people on the right, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, the, the left won't condemn anti-Semitism on their side, so why should we condemn anti-Semitism on ours? That is not the way that you condemn anti-Semitism. You see the same thing on the left. The ADL will be all over Donald Trump for having dinner with the AUS, but they'll have nothing to say about Nancy Pelosi doing a cover photo shoot with Ilhan Omar. Uh, they'll have nothing to say about Louis Farrakhan in the halls of Congress with members of the Congressional Black Caucus, historically speaking. They'll have nothing to say about that sort of stuff. Well, the answer is that if anti-Semitism is only, so, if Jew hatred is only something that you care about on your own side of the aisle, you don't care about Jew hatred. It's that simple. But we're going to have to come together over something in this country because if we don't come together over something, we will come apart over everything. And that's what we're watching right now. Historically speaking, successful countries that are confident in their own values do not feel the necessity to go after the middlemen minorities. They don't feel the necessity to go after the Jews. 
all of the darkest powers in life are kept in check. That is no longer happening. And that's why you're seeing madness being treated as normalcy in the case of Ye West until it becomes so clear that he's got a yoo bottle and a net and he's doing a weird voice on Alex Jones. And it's also why if you just shade it slightly, right? If you take what, what Ye is saying and you just shade it slightly, you rub off the rough edges, then suddenly it starts to look like a lot of crap that you see in the halls of academia in the United States. You see it coming from Berkeley professors. Not in the weird form of a guy who's wearing a black hoodie, a, like full-on face mask on his face, like a gimp mask on his face, but in the form of a highfalutin professor at a major Ivy League university. The, the, the sickness and cancer that is Jew hatred, yes, it's about Jews because it's targeting Jews, but really it's more about the society that allows Jew hatred to thrive. So when we have a society that is allowing Jew hatred to, to continue and increase because of all these conspiracy theories from the, right, the far right and from the left and from all of the, everybody in between, when you start to see that, when you simultaneously see a society that has so little confidence in the very idea of individual mental normalcy that we are absolutely unwilling to actually even say that somebody has a problem and that that person's problem is a very serious problem. And, and the only time we ever say that somebody has a serious problem, by the way, is if they politically disagree with us, right? The only time that we'll ever say that they, like, you'll see the left, they'll be, oh, you know who's really mentally ill? That's Donald Trump. That's, that's a guy who's seriously mentally ill. But when it comes to people on your own side of the aisle, you just go completely silent. When, when that is the kind of society that you are, that is so polarized around particular political narratives that you can't call out clear violations of norms. There are no norms left to violate. And when there are no norms left to violate, then it turns out that everything breaks down incredibly quickly and things get very ugly very, very fast. That's why I think you're seeing a lot of nervousness in American society from a lot of Jewish people right now. Because again, whether it is the New York Times downplaying anti-Semitic attacks in Williamsburg, or whether it is some people on the right pretending that there is not a rising tide of anti-Semitism on the very, very far right. It's, um, it's egregious stuff. It's egregious stuff. And, and it speaks more to the, anti-Semitism is rarely the disease. Anti-Semitism isn't even the cancer. Societal cancer is the, is the disease. And anti-Semitism is its most obvious symptom. Right, in just one second, we'll get to LeBron James who has some comments about Jerry Jones. First, as we've been talking about, anti-Semitism has been on the rise, not just in the United States, not just in Europe. Unfortunately, in a lot of places, this is one reason why I partner with the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. The fellowship is the leading nonprofit dedicated to blessing Israel and the Jewish people around the world with humanitarian care and life-saving aid. Here's what I need you to do. The fellowship is doing incredible work inside Ukraine right now to provide food and basic needs for Jewish families, especially the elderly. Many of those families have nowhere to turn as the war intensifies and winter closes in. For just 25 bucks, you can rush a food box packed with nutritious food to Jewish people in need. This can help feed someone for an entire month. Right now, thanks to this special partnership, your donation will double in impact. Join us in our goal to help distribute 2,000 food boxes to Jewish families in war-torn Ukraine and across the former Soviet Union. Go online to benforthefellowship.org. Please donate today or text Shapiro to 41444. They urgently need your help. Don't depend on someone else to donate for you. We need your donation today. That's benforthefellowship.org. Dot org or text Shapiro to 41444. Again, text Shapiro to 41444 to get started with your giving. Well, folks, last Friday, we launched the brand new biblical series by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. The series is called Exodus. And in it, Jordan Peterson sits down with other scholars to read the book of Exodus and discuss what it means and why it remains significant thousands of years after it was written. Scholars at the table include Dennis Prager, Jonathan Pajot, and many more. Episodes one, two, and three are available to stream right now. There will be new episodes releasing weekly. Trust me, you have to see the series. It's fantastic. Check out the trailer. The Hebrews created history as we know it. 
you don't get away with anything. And so you might think you can bend the fabric of reality and that you can treat people instrumentally and that you can bow to the tyrant and violate your conscience without cost. You will pay the piper. It's going to call you out of that slavery into freedom, even if that pulls you into the desert. And we're going to see that there's something else going on here that is far more cosmic and deeper than what you can imagine. The highest ethical spirit to which we're beholden is presented precisely as that spirit that allies itself with the cause of freedom against tyranny. And yes, there, there exactly. Is that hope. I want villains to get punished. But do you want I, the I, villains to learn before they have to pay the ultimate price? That's such a Christian question. <laughs> You have to be a member to watch, so head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member. Watch Exodus today. Alrighty, so meanwhile, LeBron James is a very, very upset at the media. Why exactly is LeBron James upset at the media? Well, he's upset at the media because they didn't ask him questions about Jerry Jones. Now, what you ask does Jerry Jones have to do with anything? Well, Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And about a week ago, there was a report in the Washington Post by David Marinus and Sally Jenkins about Jerry Jones. And the report was that Jerry Jones, when he was 14 years old, was at North Little Rock High. So this is in 1957 because he was born in 1943. And he is standing a few yards from where six black students were being jostled and repelled with snarling racial stirs by, slurs by ringleaders of a mob, again, in Arkansas. At one point, a black student named Richard Lindsay recalled someone in the crowd put a hand on the back of his neck. A voice behind him said, I want to see how a, an N-word feels. The ruffian hostility succeeded in turning away the would-be new enrollees. The confrontation occurred 65 years ago. On September 9th, 1957, during the same month, a higher-profile integration effort was taking place at Little Rock Central High in the capital city a few miles away. The story of the Little Rock Nine, when President Dwight D. Eisenhower dispatched federal troops to escort the trailblazing black students past the spitting hordes, is regarded as a pivotal moment in the civil rights movement. It overshadowed the ugly events unfolding contemporaneously at Jones's High School on the other side of the Arkansas River, an episode mostly lost to history, though not entirely. The photograph, taken by William Strader of the AP, shows a young Jones wearing a striped shirt, craning for a better view, looking like a little burrhead, as he said in a recent interview with the Washington Post, acknowledging his presence on the steps that day. He was one month from turning 15. He showed up near the conflict's epicenter, stationed on the top landing near the school's double-leaf entry doors, a face in a rear row of human bulwark intent on keeping people out because of the color of their skin. Jones said he was there only to watch, not participate. He said, I don't know that I or anybody anticipated or had a background of knowing what was involved. It was more of a curious thing. But the photographs indicate Jones had to scurry around the North Little Rock Six to reach the top of the stairs before the black students completed their walk up the schoolhouse door. And while Jones offered a common explanation of the confrontation, that it was the work of older white supremacists, most of those surrounding the six young black men were teenagers. Jerry Jones is now 80. Okay, so if you actually look at the picture, what you will see is a bunch of guys who look like they are ranging in age from maybe 17 to, to 30, surrounding these black students and jostling them. And then in the very back of the crowd, you can see Jerry Jones as a 14-year-old looking on curiously. Okay, so what does this have to do with LeBron James? Well, LeBron James has been asked repeatedly about Kyrie Irving. And the reason he's been asked about Kyrie Irving is because Kyrie Irving tweeted out a video from Amazon that was, or that was distributed on Amazon that was a Holocaust-denying, bizarre black Hebrew-Israelite conspiracy theory about how the blacks are the real Jews and all the rest of this. And this ended with an overwrought suspension from the NBA for Kyrie Irving. As a general matter, I believe that sports leagues should not be suspending members of the league based on their viewpoint, largely because I think that they, they sometimes get it wrong. And 
almost always, it allows people like me to say, wait, hold up. Half your league is using cocaine and, and nailing prostitutes. But this guy tweeted out a video from Amazon. Like, I'm not sure exactly what your, what your standards are. And that's true for every league. It, like, the, the standards are really, really bizarre. Anyway, LeBron James was asked about that. But one of the reasons that he was asked about that is because he sort of came out in quasi-defense of Kyrie Irving. And that had followed his own history of anti-Semitic comments. He had, he had tweeted out before statements about Jew money and all the rest. So LeBron James is going to use this as an opportunity to go after the media. They're going to, LeBron James is going to say, why isn't the media asking me about Jerry Jones? Well, maybe the reason the media is not asking you about Jerry Jones is because Jerry Jones was 14 years old in 1957. And the story is 65 years old in a sport that is not your own. And you have been particularly hesitant to call out causes in which you are directly involved or leagues in which you are directly involved with your friends. Maybe, maybe that would be why. But, but according to LeBron James, obviously it's media racism. I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. As a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened, okay, we just, we just move on. Well, I mean, just to be clear, the story itself says that Jerry Jones was 14 years old. So I have a basic rule. The basic rule is that if you're under, say, 17 years of age and the event happened 60 plus years ago and there was no actual criminal activity and it's a picture of you, that's not much of a story. I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but it's not much, of a, like you can't even attribute full motive to Jerry Jones when he is 14 years old standing at the back of a crowd looking on at an incident that's happening at his school. Have you ever met a 14-year-old kid going to a high school? Like under any circumstances? If there's like a shiny light, all the kids run around. But in any case, there's no way to actually attribute that action to Jerry Jones, but LeBron is very exercised over the fact that he wasn't asked about the Jerry Jones photo, but he was asked about Kyrie. Well, maybe it's because LeBron James has sounded off on pretty much every topic. He doesn't need to be asked about Jerry Jones. He'll just sound off about it. He won't sound off about Chinese human rights violations because he's getting paid too much money by China. He'll sound off about how America is terrible, how America is racist and horrible, but he'll go completely silent when it comes to anti-Semitic nonsense from members of his own league. That would be the reason. But again, the, the idea here in the, in the sports world is that everybody is racist. I guess the, the same people who are paying you hundreds of millions, I mean, LeBron James is a billionaire. The same people who are paying you tons and tons of money to watch you play sports are somehow racist because they didn't ask you about Jerry Jones. Strange. Here's Stephen A. Smith doing the same routine. Again, a man who is paid a lot of money to shout on your TV. I can't applaud LeBron enough for what he said. Mm-hmm. I 1,000% agree with LeBron James because that wasn't about Jerry Jones. But what LeBron was talking about is unavoidable. The media. Trump says something. They asked LeBron about it. They asked LeBron about the can you know, the presidential campaign when Trump was running against Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now, obviously, him endorsing Hillary Rodham Clinton had something to do with that. But clearly, LeBron James has been subjected to question after question after question. But suddenly, when it came to Jerry Jones, 
You didn't ask? Because I assure you, if I was in that press room, I would have asked yes. LeBron about it. I would have said, yo, mm-hmm. LeBron, by the way, how do you feel about this? Oh, is it, it must be racism. It must be racism. Mm-hmm. It, it is funny how far we'll go in search of racism. Meanwhile, you know, there are other forms of bigotry in the United States that are, in fact, rising. Racism in the United States against black Americans has been on the decline markedly since the 1960s. I mean, obviously. And then when it comes to other forms of bigotry, say, for example, official bigotry against Asians at major American schools, that we just ignore. When it comes to the uptick in anti-Semitism, depending upon who the source of the anti-Semitism is, we just kind of look the other way on that sort of stuff. So if this is the best that LeBron can do, again, LeBron has never even really seriously been asked about his own viewpoints. Forget about Jerry Jones. Ah, all of this is, uh, is obviously very tiring and destructive to the American fabric, but um, that is sort of the norm of the day. As long as I'm criticizing the media, I do have to give the rare shout out to Don Lemon, who actually said the correct thing the other day. This is always a shocker. So Don Lemon was on CNN, and he actually defended higher pay for men at the, at the World Cup, which, um, shocker, when Don, I'm broken clock here, getting it right twice a day. But not everybody, honestly, has the same skill. Not everybody has the same interest in the sport. I think the women should be paid more. I do. But if the but men... The, you're right that not everyone has the same skills because yeah. the women are better skilled. Well, the women are better skilled against other women. But if the women played the men, they Wait, wouldn't what? be winning the way that they what? win. Okay, I'm not right? going to get into so, I'm not I'm even going to get into that argument. I'm just saying if the sport makes more money, that means there's more why money does it available. Make more money? Because people are more interested in no, this. Because this year, when I go to a sports bar, guys, sport. am I wrong? You guys don't want to say anything. I will. <laughs> when I go to a sports bar, if there is a women's basketball game on, I'm just being Which honest. Which is on air too. less. People will say, literally you get flip to it see to the guys? I don't want to watch this. I'm just telling you. Wow, Don Lemon spilling some truth saying the T on CNN. That, that is a rarity right there. I do love all the women who are like, no, no, it can't be true. I'm not even going to get into this argument that women aren't as good at soccer as, as men. And, and the reason that people aren't watching the WNBA is because it's not on TV as much. Why wouldn't it be on TV as much? Maybe it's because people don't want to watch it as much. What would it be that? Bill Burr has a great bit in his Live at Red Rock comedy bit, or he, his, his routine, where he talks about the lack of attendance at the WNBA. And, and he says... Well, I'm just, I'm just wondering, ladies, you constitute a majority of Americans. Why aren't you at the WNBA games? Why is it on men to watch the WNBA? You take care of your own. You want to pay women more for the, for the soccer? Go ahead and do it. You want to go attend WNBA games? Why is it that there are seven people in the stands, including if, if Matt Walsh loses his, the fantasy football league as expected? Matt Walsh. Like that's it. Why, is it, why is it a punchline? Maybe it's because of you guys. So if I'm going to rip into the media like Stephen A. Smith, I may as well uh, praise Don Lemon. When he happens to be correct. Alrighty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting to California considering slavery reparations could cost hundreds of billions of dollars. Plus, we'll be joined by Dallas Jenkins, creator of The Chosen. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us. 